Dancing with a Black Elephant? Who's Dancing with a Black Elephant? What is Dancing with a Black Elephant? Who's Dancing with a Black Elephant? Dancing with the Black Elephant? From Yeshiva University, this is Andrew Boyarski, and you are listening to Dancing with the Black Elephant. This episode is part of our three multi-part episodes on pandemic influenza. If you want to learn more about how some of our officials and leaders in public health, healthcare, and the insurance industry are responding to pandemic flu, listen to our other episodes. In episode 7, the second in our series on pandemic flu, we spoke with Kelly McKinney, who was the Senior Director of Emergency Management and Enterprise Resilience at NYU Langone Medical Center in New York City. In part two, we discussed how NYU Langone coordinates its preparation for potential pandemic flu with state and city health and emergency management agencies. So, is that health surveillance system connected to the city's health department as well? Is ours? In a, yeah, in other words, is that data point, you know, in other words, those data points in terms of um, any type of um, potential infection that might come up, is that something that is integrated with a city health system that would pop up on their radar as yeah. well? So it's a good question, and um, and and so uh, here's where you know my technical expertise could could fail me. But the the answer is that the the, the two systems, the, our system and the and the uh, DOHMH syndromic surveillance system, aren't uh, integrated together. They're not one system. But there's there there is an, an enormous amount of information sharing that goes back and forth. I mean there there's plenty of. Uh, um, requirements to to provide uh, this sort of information both to the state and to the city health departments but and so but but there's a lot of discussion there's a there's a there's a close working relationship between um, our folks and DOHMH so so uh, they will know these things almost the same time we will Uh, and and so our program is really you know it answers the question so when those signals occur you know, what do we then do? And who does it and when do they do it, right? And so um, it really, um, you know, it's, it's straight up, uh, you know, incident coordination and emergency management. How do we uh, connect the entire team together in real time to understand uh, the, the, the situation, to understand, uh, uh, to determine those courses of action in real time, most of which would already be lined out in the plan, but uh, and then to to decide who does what and when. And it, it's 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 like all incidents, you know. What does that surge look like? Do you need staff? Do you need resources? You know. Do you need, um, you know, what it what is it that we need to do um, to respond to this? And we tested as well. In fact, last month we had a infectious disease patient exercise where a patient presented at one of our remote facilities and uh, went through that those. We went through the triage questions, and the patient was identified as a potentially infectious patient, and and so we went through the entire uh, set of protocols, and the patient was eventually transported here to our Tisch Hospital ED, and then and isolated, and uh, so we went through that process. And you know, as always, you know, you you see where the gaps are, and because uh, so much of it is straightforward, you know, infection control practices that we do every day. But um, in the event when you're doing it, you know, in a real sort of a crisis scenario, you know, you see, you see mistakes and you see things that you can improve, and, and uh, we saw those. So, so that's the, those are the kinds of things we're addressing in a plan and, 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 in, our, and in future exercises. 
looking at a situation like Ebola, which is pretty scary for the average person to see the effect of a you know, hemorrhagic fever and what that looks like and how quickly it can impact someone um, and how much that spread in West Africa. We have a much more robust healthcare system here in the United States and greater disease surveillance. Is that, has it improved dramatically since the events of three years ago when that outbreak spread to a degree, uh, you know, on a minor level, you know, outside of Western Africa to other parts of the world? It has improved here, and again, I think it's because um, it has improved our awareness of and our ability to perform in those uh, exigent circumstances, in those extraordinary, those extraordinary measures that we don't do every day. And that really is the is the key to, to all uh, disasters. Is is uh, you know, especially for a place like NYU Langone, where all day, every day, we, we, we provide this high, class, this high caliber patient care and, uh, you know, and, and you do it and, and, and uh, you, you know, we're, we have a, a very um, robust uh, quality improvement program and, a, and a, a, an HRO program, the High Resilience Organization uh, program, and, uh, and so we're very focused on those tasks. And then when you bring in a new task, right, even though it's, it's very similar to what you're doing every day and it involves many of the same techniques, um, you know, it's just, it's just uh, it's difficult, right? And so Ebola is basically taking what you do and, and, and ramping it up, right? The, the, uh, the, um, the, the PPE requirements, the, the personal protective equipment requirements for Ebola are just off the charts, right? And and what you have to do to isolate that patient and the the, the resources required. Um, Bellevue did a an Ebola patient exercise just a few weeks ago, and we uh, we're, we're, we we work very closely with uh, with Bellevue. In fact, it was a it was an HHC exercise. They did it across their 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 entire system, but they transported the patient to Bellevue, and I have I can I can show you some pictures. But it's just an enormously resource-intensive, time-intensive, labor-intensive process. Right? Um, pandemic influenza is, is much different, right? The, the resources per patient are much uh, uh, less than they would be for Ebola. But, you, but in a, in a, in a, in a worst-case scenario, you would, have, you would have hundreds or thousands more patients, right? That's really the, the point of it, is that, uh, you know, in a, in a in, heaven forbid, in a in a Spanish influenza type scenario, where you have uh, you have infection rates and death rates that are that are in the in the single digits, um, uh, you, you know you could you, you could potentially see thousands and thousands of patients uh, streaming into emergency rooms and doctors' offices, and and that's the that's the scenario that every healthcare facility uh, needs to needs to work through and prepare for. It's that surge scenario, right? We spoke with Kelly McKinney who was the Senior Director of Emergency Management and Enterprise Resilience at NYU Langone Medical Center in New York City. Look out for our other parts of our conversation and episodes on pandemic flu at our podcast site. Find out more about our programs, including our MS and Enterprise Risk Management, at our website, www.yu.edu forward slash KATZ or CATS. 
We would like to hear your feedback on our podcasts, so please send us any questions or comments to us at catspodcast, K-A-T-Z-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at yu.edu. Thanks for listening.